This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live, presented by The Grid. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. We have got an absolutely jam-packed show for you on this Friday. More importantly, this uh, Veterans Day, celebrating the men and women who have served this this great country. We salute every single one of y'all. We actually are going to have a veteran on this show, a a longtime friend of the show. You guys know him. You guys love him from Clutch Sports Talk. Ryan Flowers will be joining us in about 15 minutes to discuss all things Week 10, everything going on in the NFL. He's a big Cowboys fan, so we're going to get into the old Odell Beckham Jr. rumors and whether or not that 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 deal will transpire, as well as the, the Cowboys' chances to beat Green Bay this week, uh, considering the fact that Green Bay has lost five consecutive games. We'll discuss Brady and Tua. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. We'll we'll discuss Broncos, Broncos country. I am going to finish that sentence, but we'll discuss that. Ryan was actually uh, watch or not watch the show. He was a part of the show in which I predicted the Let's Ride Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Uh, a prediction that I have, of course, come to regret. But I'll, I'll, we'll have Ryan on. I'll do my Week 10 predictions, including my upset of the week. If I were a betting man in my new segment debuting this season, Bryce's Bleak Bet. I'm off to a little bit of a rough start. Right, I picked Atlanta last night. Carolina beat them in what was just an exhilarating, uh, you know, must-see TV-type football game. No, it was actually quite awful. Um, it's, got, it's got so bad the Falcons are, or Falcons fans are, you know, out here wanting a, their their backup rookie quarterback to start. That's how bad Mariota was last night, and then you got Baker Mayfield, you know, headbutting his, his teammates without a helmet on. That that's about the the only interesting headlines that came up last night. So no Falcons Panthers discussion. So I apologize to to those two fan bases. I do, however, <clears throat> I want to get into to some of the latest developments involving Kyrie Irving. So a lot has transpired over the last week since the Brooklyn Nets uh, suspended him. He's met with the commissioner of the National Basketball Association, Mr. Adam Silver, who himself said verbatim, I have no doubts in my mind that Kyrie Irving is not anti-Semitic. You have the Brooklyn Nets, Joe Sy, the owner, talking about he's made the proper strides that we want him to make in regards to him coming back as soon as possible. You have a lot of NBA players coming to Kyrie's defense saying that the Nets' punishment was too harsh. You have all these things going on right now. Here's what I'm looking at, and it goes back to what I said that the Nets actually, as as poorly as they had handled it up to this point, actually had kind of an out. 
They said, remember, minimum five-game suspension for Kyrie Irving due to the anti-Semitic movie from Amazon, which, by the way, Jeff Bezos, could you take that down soon, please? But the anti-Semitic movie they promoted on Instagram and refused, as Kyrie tends to do, 10 toes down Kyrie Irving, refused to apologize for it. And so he was suspended for a minimum of five games. I said, this is the Nets' way to get out of it. Because now you have Steve Nash gone. Okay, now you have you had the situation where they could have hired Ime Odoka. The reports that they were going to hire Ime Odoka decided not to. They retained Jacques Vaughn, not as just the interim coach, but take that interim off. He is the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets now. You have all these developments. And now, Brooklyn's playing pretty good basketball. Championship-level basketball? No, not even close. But playing pretty well. You know, we were talking about who's off to a worse start, the Nets or the Lakers. That's been decided, right? The Lakers are... Probably one the second or third worst team in basketball. The Nets look like they have a pulse. And that's because there's no Kyrie Irving. As a matter of fact, that is directly because there is no Kyrie Irving. I have always been of the mindset and always had the belief of the la- for the last three years or so that wherever Kyrie leaves instantly gets better. I won't go on my long rant, which I normally go on when it comes to this subject of the numerous example by example by example of situations where Kyrie has been absent or left and the team actually improved. I've always said, I actually said it on yesterday's show, valuable because I was talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I said, Odell's more valuable than people give him credit for. He leaves the Giants, they're a mess. He leaves the Browns, they're a mess. He leaves the Rams, they're a mess. Meant a lot to those teams for a guy who's considered icing on the cake, quote-unquote. Kyrie Irving's not icing on the cake. He's uh, sausage on the cake. On the cake. You know, sausage tastes good, but it's terrible to go with, <laughs> with a slice of cake. Um, and he's always been a bad fit with teams that are trying to compete for championships. But if you guys don't believe that, that's, that's fine. I believe in data. I believe in evidence to back up what I'm saying. Here's the Nets with and without Kyrie Irving since he joined them in the 2019 offseason. With him, they're 67 and 58. That's a 536 winning percentage. Without him, 73 and 61. That's a 545 winning percentage. So just on its face, since Kyrie joined Brooklyn, they're better without him than with him. When we say better, we're talking wins. At the end of the day, it's all that matters. Did you win the game or did you lose a game? Well, Nets have won more when Kyrie is gone as opposed to when he's there. But a skeptic might say, well, well, Bryson, hang on a minute. How many of those games did they have Kevin Durant? Right, I mean, the KD did, after all, miss that entire first season in Brooklyn. Kyrie only played 19, 20 games. KD didn't play it at all, at all because of the Achilles, right? So you can't be too hard on Kyrie. KD wasn't there. Oh, okay, that's, that's a fair, you know, counterpoint. Well, let's look at the Nets with KD and without Kyrie. With KD and Kyrie on the court, the Brooklyn Nets are 36 and 30. That is a 545 winning percentage. With just Kevin Durant and no Kyrie Irving, they're 36 and 17. That's a 679 winning percentage. So KD has played 13 fewer games for the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie. He's won the same amount of games. 
By the way, it is worth mentioning, and I have to give credit where credit's due to Statmuse for putting this up there. Nets have played eight games this season with Kyrie. They won twice and ranked 18th in offense and 29th in defense. Without Kyrie, they played half that, four games. They have three wins. They rank seventh in offense. And the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, without Kyrie Irving this season, rank number one in the NBA in defense. This is a team that we have clowned for the last couple of years. Like, oh, they don't play defense. Without Kyrie, they do. And this is what I've always said. Kyrie is a remarkable talent. We've, I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like him. I have religiously seen the show. He's got the greatest handle of any basketball player I've ever seen in my life, bar none. I love Steph, Jay Crossover, Jamal Crawford, Allen Iverson. I don't care. You put any player in NBA history up against Kyrie Irving in terms of handles, I'm taking Kyrie. That dude has the ball in a string. He is one of the most exciting players in the NBA. When he gets on a roll, when he's dancing on people. He's a great shooter. He's a great finisher at the basket. But he doesn't pass. And he doesn't play defense. And he is ineffective without the ball in his hands. And he's a bad teammate. He's bad in the locker room. And he's uncoachable. And every team he leaves gets better without him. He leaves Cleveland. Still went to the finals. Leaves Boston. They got to the finals three years after. And in his absence with the Brooklyn Nets, they have clearly and obviously been better without him. Again, the Brooklyn Nets, who have Katie and Kyrie, two of maybe the five best offensive players in the world, ranked 18th in offense this season. With no Kyrie and just Kevin Durant, they rank 7th in offense. With Kyrie, 29th in defense without him first. And you're telling me that this guy is, is, can be a part of a, a Brooklyn Nets team trying to compete for a championship. I have a hard time believing that to be the case. So when we talk about valuable, when we talk about what is conducive to winning championships, really just to winning regular season basketball games, Kyrie never has been and never will be in that conversation. And this is why I say, Brooklyn, here's your opportunity. We see this all the time. I'll I'll use another example. Donald Sterling. Now, do I think Kyrie is the disgusting human being that Donald Sterling is? I don't. I don't think Kyrie's a very good guy. I've been pretty adamant about that. His His track record tells me that. Donald Sterling's a horrible human being. For years, all of the other NBA owners, along with the commissioner at the time, David Stern, had just been looking, looking for an excuse to get Donald Sterling out of the NBA because he was bad for business. He was a bad owner. Again, not really that good of a guy. And so once that hit, once that take came out of what he said, Adam Silva and the rest of the NBA jumped on it, got him out of the NBA. Because you can't, you can't remove an owner without cause. That's You can't do that. You see what's happening in Washington with Daniel Snyder. These NFL owners and and everybody else are pouncing on this opportunity to try and get Dan Snyder out of the NFL. Right? He's a bad guy. He's he's bad for business. He you know he's he talks about he's got dirt on other NFL owners. They don't like him. I don't blame him. 
Nobody likes Dan Snyder. They're they're using this as the opportunity. Brooklyn, Joe Sy. Here's your opportunity. Use this as the means to get rid of Kyrie Irving. Because it's clear. The evidence, the data, this is 12th year in the NBA. We know what he is. <laughs> you know, we we usually know what an NBA player is by about year five, year six-ish. I mean, there's been some late bloomers, right? I mean, we, we, we've seen guys like, um, uh, you know, Giannis didn't pop until about year five. Like, it, it, sometimes it takes time. By year 12, yeah, we definitely know what you are and what you aren't. And Kyrie is not a winning basketball player. He's never been a winning basketball player. So, when with this whole you know controversy with 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 this whole issue and and, and people talking about man the Nets gonna need to get Kyrie back soon and they need, do they? I'll put up the numbers again for the, for the streaming audience and I'll read it for the podcast audience those listening with Kyrie five thirty six winning percentage without him five forty five winning percentage how about with KD on the court and no Kyrie with KD with Kyrie KD without Kyrie with him he's won thirty six games. In 66 tries. Without him, he's won 36 games in 53 tries. The evidence is clear. It's obvious. And we always say, I always say, men lie, women lie, kids lie. The numbers don't. Now you can, numbers can, numbers don't by themselves tell a story. But once you compile them and look over and over and over at them, once you, you stack them up to certain things, you got your answer. Kyrie Irving is not a winning basketball player, and the Brooklyn Nets should use this as an opportunity to move on. Uh, who does Brooklyn does Brooklyn play tonight? Let's see. Who? Let's see. I, I don't think the Nets play tonight. I think they play tomorrow uh, at the Clippers. That's a four Eastern uh, tip off in Los Angeles. By the way, we get a Cavs Warriors game tonight. Rematch of those uh, classic NBA Finals. Looking forward to that. It's a big, big test for my Warriors. Uh, we needed Steph to go Superman mode on Monday night in order for, for Golden State to win that. But I just think they need to, to use this as an opportunity to move on. I know a lot of people are kind of getting annoyed. Some people have hit me up about me not talking a whole lot of Los Angeles Lakers. Normally, it, the Lakers, especially with the Lakers with LeBron, I talk about them a lot because they're interesting. They're like the Dallas Cowboys. You know, like the Cowboys around 2020, if you if you look back, I didn't talk about Dallas a whole lot in 2020. Why? Weren't that interesting? You know, Dak was hurt and the defense was bad. It was McCarthy's first year. It was a COVID year. It just wasn't that interesting. It wasn't a whole lot of substance there. It wasn't a whole lot to get excited about or to talk about. Even when teams have been bad, there's storylines there. What's the storyline with the Lakers? Okay. LeBron's in year 20. He's still productive, but now the injuries are coming with greater regularity. Anthony Davis, they've been coming with... with even greater regularity than LeBron's for a long time now. Russell Westbrook is better suited coming off the bench, but that doesn't fix his low basketball IQ turnovers and inefficiency, and they can't shoot. And we're not sure Darvin Ham's the guy. <laughs> That's my take on the Lakers this season. Uh, no, no reason for me to, uh, to to go beyond that or to, to dive uh, a whole lot deeper than than what it already is. But you know, at the other day, this is this is a bad team. This is not really a team worth spending more than a couple of minutes on. Uh, some uh, someone worth spending more than a couple minutes with, and a, a next guest coming on the show. Really excited to have him back on. Uh, he's the host of Clutch Sports Talk. He was actually on the Carving It Up NFL Kickoff Show when I made my incredible prediction of Broncos Rams in the Super Bowl. I can't wait to to dive into that for just a second. Uh, but he is the one. He is the only. 
Ryan Flowers on Carving It Up Live. Ryan, how are you doing, bro? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. First of all, it's great to have you on. I see that American flag behind you. First of all, I do want to say thank you for your service on this yeah. Veterans Day to this country. Uh, and thank you to all the men and women, once again, who have who have you know sacrificed so much uh, for America. So uh, if you could, before we get into any football, uh, talk about sort of your uh, – you, you made a great post on, on Instagram uh, this morning, but talk yeah. about sort of your story um, – uh, serving, uh, serving this great country. Yes. Yeah, so, well, first, thanks for having me on today, man. It means a lot. This is actually one of the biggest days for me out of the year. Um, like I said in my post this morning, it's a homecoming for all veterans out there, you know? So it, it's more than just getting your free, you know, breakfast sampler from IHOP or wherever, right? At least for me, right? So, right. um, but my story started about literally 20 years ago this year. Um, I joined the military pretty much straight out of high school. Uh, and then I served in the Navy, but funny story is that I never served on any ship. I was never stationed on any ship. Um, I was stationed with the Marine Corps as a medic. Uh, for those who don't know, the Marine Corps is a department of the Navy. So therefore they take our medical personnel and use them, you know, wherever the Marines may go. Um, so that's pretty much what happened with me. Um, I served two tours in Iraq, um, you know, as a medic frontline. Uh, so I've seen it all. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, if not, if not after the show, look up the Battle of Fallujah. Um, they made several movies about the actual conflict there. Um, I was part of the couple first units that went into that city um, almost mm, about 17 years ago. Um, so a lot of action we took that day. Um, and since then, you know, I, I got out. I only did five years, but, you know, those five years really changed my life forever. Um, and it's made me the person that I am today. So even to this day, I'm very still proud of my service. And we'll continue to be proud of my service, no matter what plight we have in this country, uh, I will forever be a veteran and part of that fraternity. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you telling your story and appreciate, without a question, your five years of service uh, to America. And, and you know, I, I I can imagine that it's a it's a very uh, important day for you and for everybody else yep. uh, out there who serves. So once again, thank you. Um, I, I did want to you know, first of all, I, I love that you're wearing the grid hat today. We're, we're kind of twenty today. We got our grid hats. Yeah, yeah, of, of course, Clutch Sports Talk, a part of the grid uh, every Sunday morning uh, and Sunday night. By the way, you have those uh, Sunday yeah, night mm -hmm. uh, shows. So uh, and and I'll, we'll definitely touch on that later on uh, in the show. But I, I did want to discuss uh, your team, the Dallas Cowboys, a couple of subjects. So the big story going around is Odell Beckham Jr. Is he going to end up in Dallas? You hear a lot of the recruiting from the likes of Jerry Jones and from Zeke and from CeeDee Lamb, even to a certain degree from Mike McCarthy, saying that he has always admired uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I said on the show yesterday, I think the fit is perfect. When you consider where Odell's went in terms of taking the attention away from, from that number one receiver, being able to spread the defense out, um, and, and again, you see where the destinations, everywhere that he's left or gotten traded from has gotten right. exponentially worse since he's left. What would be, first of all, do you think Odell's a good fit in Dallas? And, and what are the chances you think it actually does happen? I, you know, I, I think it'd be a good fit only because we don't want him going anywhere else to possibly beat us at the end of the day. Um, to me, to me, the best fit, and I know this is not your question, but I think Minnesota would probably be his best fit. But I think there's some things going on there that I don't think he might want to go there. But as far as Dallas is concerned, I think he can fit. My only problem is that Kellen Moore is not a very good offensive coordinator. Um, and therefore, he um, he won't be able to create a place for him. I mean, look, look at the struggles that we have now uh, with, with our offense right now. We're, we're what, close to the dead last, I would say, in some types of uh, efficiency yeah. stats. Now, if you add OBJ... Does that help out? 
You would think so. Um, but you pair him with the CD Lamb. Haven't heard much from Michael Gallup this year. Really, I know he's coming off the knee injury as well, too. Um, you know, really, it's been our run game that's helped us out a lot, especially as of late, you know. Um, but we'll see now with, the, with, with Dak healthy again. Zeke should be healthier again. CD is starting to get a little bit more confidence. Not sure how our offensive line will play out, but I would like to see him. I would definitely like to see him. But I think the main reason why I think it could work is because for those people that don't know, Dallas is actually still a pretty big market. And OBJ has played in New York, right? Big, one of the biggest markets in the world, right? Oh, okay. Um, LA, that's another huge market. It didn't work out in the Midwest, obviously in Cleveland. So, you know, he was ready to get out of there the minute he found out he was traded there. Um, so I would love to see him in a, in a star with the star in the helmet, but will it, will it happen? I don't know, man. We still, we, we haven't, we were supposed to hear back this week that he was going to be cleared to go. Still haven't heard a word about that. Um, and then the other part of it is he's going to want a multi-year deal. Yes. Do we want to pay him, you know, based on nothing? We, uh, the last time we saw him, he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, right? And then I, was that the play he got hurt? Uh, no, that actually yeah. his the touchdown catch was the first catch, and then he had another one for a big gain, and then oh, yeah. uh, then he hurt his knee on on that that last right. play, a little bit before right. the half. So yeah. So I think he still has some left in the tank, of course. Um, but you know, you're coming off of your second knee injury. Uh, I think he's been working out. I think he's been training hard. He's a phenomenal athlete, but I think all signs probably at the end of the day, Jerry Jones does not pay out for for mercenaries. I would say he pays guys that they've drafted. You know, we've seen it year in and year out. You know, when was the last time we've actually kept a big time free agent? We've let them all go for the most part. At least that I can remember. Um, yeah, uh, Robert Quinn, you know, had, had a really Mark Cooper's one of the only outliers, liars, right? Right, and then there was some uh, yeah. kind of pushback, there was some pushback with that, too. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we kind of went kicking and screaming to the bank, but they still signed that check. And look where he's at now, he's not even on the team anymore. Um, but you know, Jerry takes care of his own guys. So, OBJ, although he's a, a superb talent, phenomenal talent, I just don't think he'll come to Dallas at the end of the day. I think. You know, our boy Barry Grant said it a couple of days ago on um, either his show, I think, or, or, or in, a, in, a, in a post. You know, it's a lot of um, gaslighting. And I think yeah. Jerry's really good in front of the camera. He'll say what he needs to say to keep the Cowboys relevant, um, which you don't really need to say much to keep the Cowboys relevant. They're, they can just simply be there, and they're pretty much relevant. That's why they're America's team at the end of the day, right? So, uh, but I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen, though. I kind of agree with you. Um, I, I'm just trying to speak it into existence. Uh, I mean, and listen, Jerry was also, uh, you want to talk about gaslighting. He was very adamant after that Bears win. Hey, we're going to be, we're going to be aggressive at the deadline. And then, right. you know, nothing happens. Nothing. Um, you know, a big, big nothing burger. So now Dallas obviously plays Green Bay. That It's going to be one of the highest rated games in the NFL season, yeah. just because you got two big brands. It's Rogers, who's, uh, you know, historically been great against the Cowboys. It's Mike McCarthy right. come back to Lambeau. All kinds of storylines right. in this game. Uh, Green Bay's riding a, a five-game losing streak. Uh, it, add injury to insult. They've got numerous injuries to their defense, to their receiving units, uh, and Aaron Rodgers is having one of the worst, if not the worst, years of his career. Where he's got Dallas come in, who the only two losses is opening day to the Buccaneers, and then that second loss doesn't look too bad now with your backup quarterback at Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and like you mentioned earlier, really, really relying on the run game, starting to pick up a little bit more in the passing game now that Dak's back. How do you see this game playing out over the course of 60 minutes? I think it'll be close. I think Vegas right now, I believe, had it at like minus five opening for yep. the week. That's still pretty close considering 
Aaron Jones left the game in the last week in Detroit in a boot. You've lost Rashawn Gary for the whole entire year. You know, he's a really good edge rusher. Aaron Rodgers is not playing well at all. And the fact that you <laughs> you let the Detroit Lions lock you guys up. Uh, but nonetheless, nonetheless, Vegas still knows something that we don't know. And uh, I'm, I mean, listen, man, I've been watching the Cowboys for years, man. In games where I'm always, I'm always very, very nervous. I was nervous um, the Bears game because that's a game. Oh, oh the Cowboys should win, and they, and they ended up winning. But it was kind of, right. it was touch and go at least towards the, the end of the first half, right? I know we shot out to that twenty-eight, you know, seven lead, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, here comes Justin Fields. They're coming back, right? Then they would put it away. Aaron Rodgers, is, as Stephen A. would say, he's he's still a bad man. He's still a bad man. He's he's. I know he doesn't have the the weaponry he usually used to have. Obviously, there's a lot of turmoil going on there. But you're at home. You're in Green Bay. It's going to be cold. Can we run the ball? Uh, can Can Kellen Moore not beat himself? Really? Mm-hmm. So uh, the Packers defense is still pretty formidable for the most part. Um, I don't know what the question for Eric Jones will be. My, my concern going into the game, even when I was watching the Lions and Packers playing, um, was my concern was the running, the running game, because the Packers can still run the ball. You have Dylan, you have you have uh, Jones, so they can at least, and that's our weakness. That's one of our biggest weaknesses um, on, on our defense is we cannot stop the run. Um, we're like a bend, don't break it time or rush type of defense, but I think the Cowboys will win. I think it'll be closer than than what people think. I don't think it's just going to be a boat race, but I still have the Cowboys win just because we're more talented at this point. I feel what you're saying, I mean, and also too uh, that Eric Stokes Stokes kid who's looked pretty good in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, good number two aside from Jair Alexander, he's going to yeah. be gone. Um, so you know, when you have the likes like you mentioned of of, of Lamb uh, Gallup, it, Noah Brown's likely going to be back this week. Yeah. So that's at least another guy that uh, the, the Dak can throw to. Um, right. I, I do agree with you. You know, I've been talking all season about Green Bay, about the running game, which has been tremendous. I mean, I think it gets Buffalo. They ran for like 200 yards yeah, uh, with the likes of Jones and Dillon. The problem is they're not committing to it early or they're not committing no. to it at all, uh, which, you know, it, it goes to what I've said about Matt LaFleur. I, I highly question his game planning and certainly yeah. his adjustments because the Packers are, are one of the worst teams in the NFL in the second half this season. Um, I, so, I totally agree. Totally yeah, agree. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a problem too. So for – with Mike McCarthy coming back to Green Bay, could he have gotten the Packers at a, at a better point in time uh, since since that departure, since that ugly departure uh, from Lambeau Field after I think the Packers lost to a, a three-win Cardinals team, and that was his last game as the coach of the Packers. Um, so you, you 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 see this being you know kind of a little bit of a down-to-the-wire type of game. Do you see that just because it's, it's big expectations for the Cowboys, yeah. it's Aaron Rodgers and the success he's had? Like, what are you seeing there? I mean, a little bit of both. I think, you know, Cowboys sometimes don't handle expectations very well. Um, and then what this, I mean, can you, can we literally say, I thought I would never see Aaron Rodgers lose like five, six games in a row, man. Like that's crazy. And, yeah. you know, and, and what I, th- I forgot who they have next week. I think they have like Tennessee or somebody. Yeah, Tennessee so, on a short week on a Thursday night. So, you know, like, can they possibly drop like seven in a row? I, I, I don't know if there's a game for them to win it might be this game against Dallas because everyone is very riding, you know, Dallas's coattail pretty high right now. Um, I know in Dallas, they're probably feeling really good about this game. Uh, I know Michael Parsons is probably licking his chops at this point, you know, trying to get after Aaron Rodgers and trying to keep up with the other, you know, uh, sack leaders in the, in the NFL. So there's a lot, I think there's more pressure on us than it is. Well, I won't say a lot of pressure. I think the pressure might be even because listen, like I said, can we, 
Uh, listen, you know, you, you right before you brought me on, you were talking about your Broncos and uh, uh, who did who, Rams, Rams Super Bowl. I had the Packers winning this division. I, I, yeah, I, that was a bad pick, bro. It was a bad pick, but it looks really bad now because of how they really turned out. I didn't think they were going to be like this. I thought Aaron Rodgers was good enough to to carry this team, but I don't think he really wants to be there anyway. So he could be tanking, I, I, my you know, in my guess, but. But anyway, yeah, that was a terrible pick by me. Even Pittsburgh Steelers, we won't talk about that either. That but, that that listen, that tops the list. That tops the list, bro. We, that, you that, had that, some good yeah. predictions in there. Like you you, you saw uh, you liked uh, Baltimore, I think this season coming in. Like you you were high on some of these teams. Uh, you were high in Philadelphia to win the division, by the way. I did. But yeah. uh, well, it was. But yeah, good. Pittsburgh. That that was not that was one, not when you're better. Yeah, days. I put I put my neck out there for them. They just uh, it happens. That's, I, yeah. I mean, that's all hot takes. I mean, literally. I mean, that's what they are. But. But in regards to the Cowboys, I think to your question, I think I don't trust the Cowboys. At the end, after 20 plus years of being a fan, I know what they are. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it time and time and time again. They're they're not like the Patriots back in the day where you're like, oh, the Patriots versus the Dolphins of 2005. Like, that's a win. Like, you can mark that off. But the Cowboys, right. if for some reason, they always have to make it harder than what it is. That's 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 the that's that's kind of the the brand and the notion is, is like a is like Stephen A. Smith says what can go wrong will go wrong and exactly oh oftentimes gets this team that is the case now I I did want to touch on a, a team that's let, let's talk about my bad predictions I had the Broncos winning the Super Bowl and that that probably goes down to these as the worst prediction bar none in the history of carving it up um <laughs> what what are you seeing from Denver do you think I mean in terms of the blame scale because you know the attention right. has been on Russ it's been on Nathaniel Hackett um right. the only thing that is has lived up to par for Denver is their defense their defense has been phenomenal yeah, this season it's been top out, five and yeah. just about every category Pat Sertan's had a great year but when I'm looking at this Broncos offense there's very little creativity. They refuse to push the ball down the field. Russell seems very unsure of himself in right. the pocket. He's not hitting the simple little check downs, uh, right. really trying to force a lot down the field. What's what's sort of your take on what's going on with Denver this season? Is it more Russ? Is it Hackett? Is it 50-50? Like, what's, what's going on with, with the Broncos? I think, you know, we're starting to see that maybe Seattle is, is had a really good system, and Russell Wilson was a benefactor – of that says I know Pete Carroll's like 105 years old. I get it, right? Still can't tell. Football league, right? Can't tell. But you're seeing, and I, I mean, listen, listen. Geno Smith to me is a comeback player of the year. I don't care. Un- he, absolutely. Hands down. There's nobody else. I don't think I don't. I couldn't even name a second candidate. Okay, right? But you're seeing what that formula is looking like. You, you know, they got the rookie Kenneth Walker, who could arguably between him and Chris Olave are you know offensive rookie of the year, co-offensive rookie of the year, possibly, right? Sure. You know, even each, add DJ Dallas into the mix a little bit there, too. Mm-hmm. He comes in. Hey, dude, Chris Carson's going to end up coming back to this team next year if they decide to bring him back, if they want that, right, I think, right? Right. Uh, and Geno Smith is playing phenomenal football, man. And they, I love the Seahawks. That's like my second favorite team right now in the league. Like, because I, I made a statement on, and I know we're talking about the Broncos, but I, I got to talk about the go, Seahawks. Go for it. I'm excited about this team, man. The Seahawks are like, a story from Dr. Seuss, Green Eggs and Ham. Okay. We're losing. Wait a minute. If we, you, you, we, we just lost you for just a second. I okay. heard Green Eggs and Ham and you just okay. cut out there. Oh, go ahead. Am I back? Yep, you're right. You're back. Go ahead. Uh oh. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hit, okay, hit my Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the Seahawks remind me of uh, a little, a little child's tale by Dr. Seuss called Green Eggs and Ham, right? 
You can eat them on a train. You can eat them on a plane. The Seattle Seahawks are like this because they'll play you anywhere. They'll play you on a boat. They'll play you with a goat. They'll play you on a plane. They'll play you on a train. They'll play you anywhere. This team's formula travels in any NFL stadium. Why? They can run the football like nobody else right now. And their defense is getting bad. I know their defense was crappy the last earlier, but they figured it out. They retooled it. Yes. Right. They retooled it. They're dominating people. They're dominating people now. And that's scary. And Geno Smith is not is not playing bad football. You pair that with their running game, Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, those tight ends, you know, between Disley and Noah Fent, who they got in the Broncos. From Denver. Right. Um, and then there was another guy that they got, I think, on the defensive line that they use now in that Denver trailer. Yes. I, I forgot the guy's name. But, uh, Sheldon, somebody, I can't remember yeah, what his some, name Yeah, something like that. Sheldon or Shelby, whatever his name is, right? So they figured it out. Now, Denver, com- coming full circle back, right? And, you know, they don't, they're not like Dr. Seuss. They can't play you anywhere, right? Listen, Russell Wilson, I'm starting to see now, he probably was a, like I said, a beneficiant of that system of Pete Carroll. And Pete, I've been watching that system from Pete Carroll since those USC days growing up in L.A. They ran the football. The quarterbacks made those nice, easy throws. There were nice lanes down the field for play action. We're not doing that in Denver because, who? I mean, I know Denver's running back got hurt earlier in the year, right? But I think with the between Russell Wilson having trying to be this, this guy I think he really isn't, and then Nathaniel Hackett being a guy that probably shouldn't have been a head coach or probably really didn't study Russell Wilson the way he probably needed to, because if I was him, I'm probably going back and I'm looking at those plays in Seattle. I'm saying, you know what? How can I incorporate some of that here in Denver? You got a good defense, a superb defense. Yeah. You do have a good running back at the time before he got hurt, right? You know, Melvin Gordon's okay, you know, but still, they, they're not doing that. And you look at their roster as a, as a whole, you know, you got uh, Jerry Judy, right? You know, young receiver, you know, uh, what's the guy? KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, right? You know, you know, it's just not working. This letting this letting Russ cook theory again. It's not proving to be beneficial for him or anybody that's around him. And I, I I think that his brand has taken a hit. Obviously, I know he's a little awkward kind of guy, but beside that, the whole football side of it, he's he unless he finds a way to turn this around starting now until next year. And because I mean, look, he's locked in in Denver. He he ain't going nowhere. He's he's there. I mean, I don't think they can find a trade for him, right? Probably one of the worst contracts in NFL and football. Hell, sports. 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 Okay. It's bad. This is up there with Albert Bell almost. I yeah. Mean, you know, so, you know, I think, you know, the combination of that, and I, I think I think the Denver Broncos are trying to catch lightning in a bottle the way they did with P, uh, Peyton Manning that year when he was released by Indianapolis and they brought him in and they, they tried to get that Super Bowl. They, they ended up what? Did they get it the first year or was it the second year? I think they won. Uh, it was his third year. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it was his fourth year because they got to the Super Bowl year two and then they got there a couple years back when, when it was Peyton's last year. Right. Okay. There you go. So, you know, it, 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 I don't know, man. I just, I, and I like Russell Wilson. I think he seems like a very good, decent guy um, from, you know, family man, you know, from what I understand. But it's, it's his, 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 his PR hit has been bigger than what I've expected it to be. I, I know. Um, people always thought he was kind of a weird, kind of quirky kind of guy. But, you know, you remember that interview with uh, Marshawn Lynch had, I think, with Richard Sherman not that long ago. Yes. How you can't even get a hold of the guy. You got to go to his manager. Right. Like, just to be like, hey, man, what do you know? You want to get coffee or something? Like, 
like things like that. That that's weird, man. And and you know, if you played football, you played any type of team sport, you can't get a hold of a teammate like that. You've you've exchanged that type of you've been in that environment, you know. So there's a lot of little things about it, and I think it's all, all coming to uh, to fruition. Um, now that he's left the safe confines of Lumen Field and now is playing in Denver, um, and, and I think Denver's really gonna have to really consider what their next move is. Can they afford to bring anybody else? Because right now you look at that roster, and, and you know, and I know you said this was the worst take that you had, but honestly, man, I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. I don't really, I don't, I don't think they did. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This this team, I mean, I had them pick to win the AFC West. Okay, you know that's not going to yeah. happen, right? You know, it's, it's, it's still Chiefs. It's the, it's the Chiefs division, but I don't think it was, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. You know, what 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 have they won? Three games? Is that it? Three games? Four, they're three and five. Yeah, three, three and five. Like with Russell Wilson and the rest of that talent in that defense, and then now you're getting rid of guys like Bradley Chubb. Like I don't know, I don't know what the what the um, what the thoughts are now in Denver. What they're planning on doing. Uh, because they're stuck in a rut, and and and, and I don't know how they're going to get out of that, especially this to salvage the rest of this year. Oh, they're stuck. I mean, they're stuck. I mean, they can move on from Nathaniel Hackett this season, which you know very well could happen. You know, right in the middle of the season, it'll it'll it definitely should happen by by January. Oh, he's but, done. He's done. And, oh, he absolutely, absolutely. I mean, again, when you talk about the clock management thing, was exposed literally game one. Yeah. By game two, he had to hire a, a an in game manager. It's like okay, this dude's in over his head. Yeah. It, it's yet another coordinator who had a who you know worked with a great quarterback who yep. got a job and failed miserably think Adam Gase with with Peyton Manning yeah. you think Josh McDaniels with Tom Brady um yeah. like you you have to consider at least a little bit and, and that's you know I can see why maybe there'd be some people that are hesitant on guys like saying Eric Bieniemy or somebody like that or yeah. you know for future jobs Matt LaFleur so you know it's it's definitely something to consider but you know this this Broncos team is an absolute train wreck and again like I said they, they can't move on from Russ nobody's gonna trade for that contract mm -hmm. at this point you, like you mentioned you're going to have to to figure out a way to 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 you know center the center the system around him or at least you know right. conduct it in a way that it wasn't Seattle but like you said uh it feels like Russ was a beneficiary of that and, and you know I, I was thinking his his leadership to me the first like well this is weird type of sign was after Seattle won that game against Denver on that Monday night and two yeah. Seahawks went to Russell after the game right. I'm like wait a minute What's so going lot, on man. here? It's, it's just like, you know, when, when Tom went back to New England, the whole sideline went up to it. Yeah. They love Tom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm just saying it, it, it's something to consider. Now, another team that I'm I'm fascinated by, because I don't know what to do with them. It's the Miami Dolphins. There's a chance now with this Josh Allen injury, they could win the division. If Josh Allen yeah. misses two, three games, you know, that could clear the way for the Dolphins to win that, that yeah. AFC East. You know I've not been a big Tua guy. For the last few years, um, I will have to give him credit credits too. I can't ignore the fact that he's leading the league in passer rating. He's obviously looked uh, uh, much more comfortable with these weapons with Mike McDaniel, who's done a solid job. Right. Um, I just don't know whether or not to buy into them as a Super Bowl threat. Um, you know, going into this postseason, I think once you, 
if you end up playing some cold weather teams, we know Tua doesn't have right. a huge arm. Right. You know, once teams force you to throw, if you're facing a 10 nothing deficit, I don't know if Tua is that type of guy that can play from behind. What's right. your take on the Dolphins and more specifically Tua this season? I, I think they're they're fun. They're they're like those little fun co dolls you buy. You know, they're cute. They're you know you collect them. But like you said, to your point with weather, right? So let's just say Josh Allen does go out, right, for a couple of weeks, and let's just say Buffalo loses some of these games, right? Kansas City probably be the next, probably the next team, like number to fight for that number one overall seed, and it gets cold in Kansas City in, in, oh, in that very cool. fall area. So can I? But that would be great, Tyreek Hill coming back to Arrowhead <laughs> with a new quarterback, the most accurate quarterback he's ever played with, you know. So the storyline would be cool for that. Um, I, I, you're right. I don't know what, what to say about Miami. Like, I, I don't know. I, do they, it's like, it's like it's, mm, I'm kind of lost for words. You know, when I think about certain teams, there's certain things that pop out to me, like Kansas City, innovative, you know, mm. you know, very creative, you know, offensively. Like, they do things that a lot of teams don't. Uh, Tennessee, the team they just beat, barely beat, they're, they're, they're just a, they're just a big guy in the bar that's going to fight you. Like, they don't care. They know who they are. They'll come out there with any quarterback. Don't matter. We're going to run Derrick Henry right down your throat, and that's what they do, right? So they're tough. That's a tough team. But the Miami Dolphins, I'm just like, what are them Dolphins? You know, I yeah. know they have one of the highest-rated offenses in the league right now with Waddle and Hill, and you got Mike Gusecki doing whatever he's doing in the end zone. Bad gritty. Uh, bad gritty. Bad, bad gritty. Uh, you know, but, hey, I give him props. He's trying, you know, hey, whatever. Um can Tua live up to it? Now I know he's played in Alabama. He's played, he's been in big situations, but this is the NFL, man. And this is where you make your home. This is where you make your your legacy. Um, I, I just something about them I still don't trust. If I had to pick between them and Kansas City or even Tennessee, yeah. man, you know, if I would probably pick those other two teams over the Dolphins, just because I know what they're made of. I, this Miami Dolphins team really hasn't been really tested in that in that situation yet regular season is different than the in the playoffs man it's a it's a different pressure there's a lot more anxiety that goes into it and at least we've known even baltimore i put over even though i know baltimore lost to them but baltimore probably should have won that game like with week two oh, or week yes three. absolutely you know um they've been through the ringer at some point uh and i don't know if dolphins i don't i don't i thinking of their roster right now i can't think of guys that have maybe been through that maybe a guy like an eric Rowe when he was back in like uh new, new england. england um but really but the but the the most important position is like quarterback two hasn't played a meaningful game yet in the nfl mike mcdaniel has not coached a meaningful game in the nfl yet you know i give him credit for what they're doing i think they're phenomenally coached brian flores got them to a certain point but mike mcdaniel is taking them over the top and it, by adding a guy like a like a like a tyree kill uh, going and getting uh, the kid from San Francisco to put in your back. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Like those are really good pieces that maybe go on song by or unnoticed by like the the novel the novice NFL watcher. But guys like you and I who watched this game, right? We know. <laughs> That's a good pick, man. Like, and, and it was a good pickup too because it's it's coming from Mike uh, from Kyle Shanahan, so exactly. you know, he's very familiar with him and how to use yeah. him. So it, it was it was great. It's a, it's a perfect fit, and and they're running the same type of offense, and that's why you're seeing them getting up and down the field, uh, with you know with all those guys there, man. And uh, so, I, I still don't know what to think about them. I, I, I I'll, if you if you have me back on probably towards the end of the season, I'll I'll, I'll probably have a better. Uh, a better adjective to give them because right now I still don't know 
who they are as a football team. Um, and, and I know that it sounds weird because you're like, oh, well, what do you mean? They're they're what six and three or whatever the record is. Um, yeah, six and three. Six and three, you know. But I don't I don't know their identity. I, I can't really describe what they are, what they stand for. Um, like those other teams that I've mentioned, you know, like Tennessee, Baltimore, Kansas City. Who who's another top team in the AFC right now that we're that we're missing? Um, uh, Baltimore. I mean, you can still. I'm, I'm not throwing Cincinnati out of that mix completely. They just go to the Super know, Bowl. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, even Cincinnati, I can say I know what they do. Like they're a big play offense. Like that's what they do. They won't protect the quarterback, but they'll they'll take shots down the field. Like we know that, uh, and they've been to the highest pinnacle of the game. Right? They they came up short, right. so they've been there. So Miami's still kind of. They're new. They're new to this. And, and and even my wife's a Dolphins fan, you know, she can't, you know, they're like, she's ecstatic. Like, she don't know what to do. Like, like, oh, my God, like my team is actually winning again. And they, they had a good run with Brian Flores. Don't get me wrong. Right. But they've, they've never seen it like this, where it's like, oh, wow, we had, they had a good defense, but their offense was like, eh, Brian Fitzpatrick. But now the defense is still OK, but that offense is is electric. It is. A couple of questions left. Let's stay in the state of Florida to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, who I, I was, you know, I actually had them get into the NFC Championship game, so I can't say I wasn't high on them at all. Right. Um, but I, I did say I felt like that we would see at least a little bit of a downturn uh, for Tom Brady. This, it's not a situation like a Russell Wilson where we're like, okay, right. the guy's washed. It's like it's not like, the, like those type of situations. Yeah. Um, you know, for what it's worth, he did just lead a, a classic game when he drive against the Rams uh, and yeah. did it pretty quickly as well. Um, yeah. We know what the home situation is with him moving past the divorce. We'll see if that's able to you know, clear his mind a little bit. But what's sort of your take on the Bucks this season, right? They had a couple bad, bad losses at Pittsburgh. You had the Carolina loss yeah. uh, where the, the Evans drop early seemed to just deflate them from there. Yeah. Um, what's sort of your take on Tampa Bay? We know the offensive line's not great, and you've got right. the, the receiving talent, and the, the defense has kind of been up and down. Do you think this is a team that can still make a run? Because the NFC is wide open. It is. I, I don't. I, the NFC is wide open, but I don't know if this team will have enough. I think, I think it comes down to coaching, man. I think uh, Bruce Arians had a nice, tight reign around this organization. Uh, even though you, when you think of Bruce Arians, you don't think of like that kind of like a Bill Belichick kind of guy. But from my understanding, he's very. He knows how to be a head coach in the National Football League. Right. And, and Todd Bowles, although he was a coach and and for the Jets for quite some time. It's starting. You're starting to see this team kind of come a little bit unhinged. Um, and Tom has said it. You know, he said it in his podcast, I believe, a couple of days ago, that they're they're not they're not um, they're not buttoned up. They're not buttoned up the way they need to be. Um, and that starts with the head coach. You know, why aren't they buttoned up? I get it. Like, listen, we knew going into here, the offensive line was going to be crap. Nothing you can do about that. But we got to tighten it up, right? Defense is supposed to be a spot that that should be good for them, right? But it's, it hasn't been. You know, it hasn't been. Um, Tom is still doing his thing. You know, he's doing his part. Wide receivers keep dropping balls, you know. So, you know, I, I just don't see them getting it corrected. And I know Tom is going to try his his damnedest to, to, to right the ship. But in the end, I, I think there are other talented teams in the National Football League um, that are a little bit more buttoned up. And, and I think they'll be able to to, to get the job done. Um, and and I, I, don't, I don't see the – because right now, if the playoffs started today – I think they would be playing the Cowboys if I'm not mistaken. It'd be they like would. four or five, something like that. Which I think this time, the, this time around, I think the Cowboys would get them, because I think now we've figured out our offense, what we want to do, and our defense had stopped them that Sunday night anyway. So for the most part, I mean, yeah, we ended up losing, but probably should have been by a lot more. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see much coming out of this. And I, and Todd Bowles might be on the hook, man. I'm telling you, and, and sad to say, 
Um, because I thought I think he's a good coach, but some guys maybe are just not destined to be head coaches. Uh, Brian Leftwich play calling not looking that great either too right now. So I put more blame on Leftwich honestly than I do Bowles at this point. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean the yeah, defense has been fine. Right, he's directly, but but because you're the head coach, it, you know sure. it starts with you at the end of the day. Um, but you're right, I, I I agree to that to that statement to a certain uh, certain extent. Um, but Todd Bowles. He's gonna have to really, cause like there was a play I believe there they were talking about with Tom Brady, like uh, what's the what's the linebacker's name? White, Devin White. Devin, Devin White. White. He went hustling to the football, like he's just jogging and stuff like that. Like you're the captain on defense, so it's, it's little things like that. People don't understand, man. You think when you watch these games on Sunday, these guys, there's a lot of these little nuances, man. That, that and you know, and I I can speak to that firsthand because I coach football, and it's the little things. This it's the little things that make these great teams great. Um, especially when you're in the National Football League, because everyone's talented, is can you do the little things better at the end of the day? Absolutely. And now amongst the NFC teams, because like I mentioned, the NFC is wide open. you got Philadelphia still sitting there undefeated. Right. Minnesota, we were actually talking about the Vikings the other day. You're not quite as high on them as no. I am. No. Um, you, you've got obviously Dallas is in the mix, the Niners yeah. who have, have you know the playoff yeah. experience. Seattle's obviously the story of the year. Yeah. you got the Giants who are in the postseason mix. This episode is brought to you by Paycor. Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams. With Paycor, leaders can recruit, onboard and train employees, set goals, and drive performance. If you're a leader, everyone depends on you. Who do leaders depend on? Paycor. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Yeah. Among NFC teams, where would you kind of put Tampa? You got fourth best team, fifth best team. Like, where would you have them? I think I think they're around the uh, I think they're around the fourth or fifth. I would say okay. maybe fifth. I put, because if real quick, I probably right now if I did like a quick power ranking, Eagles. I I would go Eagles, Niners, Seahawks, Cowboys. No, I take that back. Yeah, no, I probably still put what did I say Eagles, Niners, Eagles, Niners, Seahawks, us, Vikings. And then maybe the Bucks. So you'd split it at six. Yeah. Okay. Five or six now. Now that I think about it. Um, and I know people are like, well, you got Seahawks, man. I'm telling you, man, Seahawks, and that's a team, man. They're they're to me, they're like the the sea, they're like the Titans of the West. Like they're they'll oh, play okay. you, man. They'll play you. Like they don't care. They don't care who's back there. And I like teams like that because in playoff time, you gotta have that bravado. And I feel like with Pete Carroll and the rest of those guys that they draft. Those guys don't care, man. Like I said, Dr. Seuss, man, they'll play you on a train. They'll play you on a plane. It don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> uh, listen, that's why I can't wait to watch this Sunday morning game in Munich, Germany, oh, yeah. between oh, Tampa. And, oh, yeah. Man, oh, yeah. That, that's a big one. That's a big one I'm that we'll definitely Seahawks. keep our eye on. You're taking the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean right. I've, been, I've been riding the Seahawks for like the last six weeks on my clutch picks of the week, and they haven't let me down yet. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Let's did, let, let quick question. I said, do you think this team can maybe make a run to the Super Bowl? Um, no, because okay. I think at the end, of, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to some quarterback play. You know, because they're going to come up against other really good defenses, and you're going to have to score the ball. Like, you know, maybe so, but they'll be, they're not going to get blown out. Like, I that's, no, this is, no, you know, and I think we talked about it in your in the earlier before in your preseason show. Like, we 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 didn't think that. I didn't obviously I didn't expect them to have the success that they're having now, but we both thought that they would not get like completely obliterated by the competition. Like I, if, I, if I remember correctly, we might have to go back. You and didn't. Watch. I did. <laughs> I did. That, oh, that, you that's did. I was, did. Okay. Well, so you take the credit. You can take the credit on that one. Okay. Okay. I mean, because I've I just I've watched Pete Carroll's team so long. 
Right. They, 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 they don't get blown out. They're tough, man. They're tough as nails. You know, they, they, they eat lightning and they crap thunder, right. From Rocky, like that's just what they are. So I, I think it depends on the, on the, on the matchup. They could make possibly make a run. Right. But those a Niners is another team too. that I like that NFC West, man, those two teams, yeah. those are two well-coached green eggs and ham type teams, green right. eggs and ham type teams, man. They'll play you anywhere. So Vikings, be careful. I know you're seven and one. Eagles, I know you're eight and no. Oh, but listen, those teams, they don't care, man. They'll be one and seven. They'll play you like they're eight and no. Oh. Yeah, they will. And I, I like you said, those are two elite coaches who have who've been there and done that. Certainly Pete yeah. Carroll has. Last question for you, I'll let you get out of here. Sure, sure. Mid-season, it's basically mid-season. We're just now going into week 10. Right. right. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Ooh. Like who's the leader in the clubhouse in the NFC and the AFC? Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Niners coming out of the NFC. Okay. I like the Niners still. And AFC, I, I can't go against the Chiefs, man. I got I got to go with Patrick Mahomes and them. I think it might be another rematch of a couple of years ago. Um, you know, so because uh, here's the thing: with, even if let's just say Josh Allen isn't hurt, right? Let's just say he's, he's like whatever happens, he gets healthy, he's good to go. That elbow injury was very superficial. They are so dependent on him, man. Like they, it's you. If you're a Bills fan, you gotta gas every time. You're like, oh my god like it's so they, they don't have the ability to go anywhere else right and i know they had beaten kansas city a couple weeks ago and you know on was it sunday night football or monday or was it just a regular game i think it was just a regular game yeah um but kansas city is one of those teams man they're well coached too i i can i can see kansas city getting them back a little bit uh and heading on to that super because other than the bills um and maybe the dolphins and the titans i mean those are other three other teams but to me, I think the Chiefs match up well with everyone else. And, you know, Kadarius Tony will have would have had time now to get implemented mm -hmm. into that offense. And I'm excited for him to be in that offense. He's a poor man's Tyree Hill. Okay. Yeah. And I think he was disgruntled in New York. I think you're going to really start seeing what he can do, especially with that mastermind back there with Andy Reid eating some ribs and calling plays. I definitely would lean Kansas City over Buffalo. The only thing that concerns me, and he, even Patrick Mahomes himself was talking yeah. about the other day, you can't win with your quarterback throwing 68 passes. No, you can't. That's, no. You're going to drive him into the ground. Like that's, no, and it's, no. it's not just, it's not like a situation like Buffalo where they can't run the football unless Josh Allen is the guy running right. with the football. Right. It's they, they had nine yards among their, their running backs mm -hmm. outside of Patrick Mahomes right. uh, in that win over Tennessee. So, you know, there is a little bit, I mean, I mean everybody, every team has a blueprint of how to beat him. Nobody's unbeatable, right. but I, I do think that is something to, to, to look at that both teams are a little bit mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Buffalo, I mentioned Kansas right. city, both teams are a little reliant on their quarterback. Right. And so, Tennessee and Tennessee matches up well with Kansas city. I mean, yes, traditionally, they, they played them close. Even when Mariota was there, like, like they just, they, they beat him. Yeah, they beat them. They just match up well with like certain teams just have your their your number. Now, Kansas City got the win, but I knew going into because I think the spread was like 13 and a half. I was yeah, like, it was. I'm, I'm I'm taking Tennessee because I know I even with with Willis back there, I just knew again, this is a a, a, a Duke Nukem type of team. Like they're gonna meet you in the hole and they're gonna fight you tooth and nail. And I knew that game was gonna be that close. I really did. Um, and but at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is is a great athlete. He used his legs because they they honed yeah. in on him. You know, they honed in on him. Obviously, like you said, he threw sixty eight times. That's dude. That's that's crazy, man. Like you, you think about Hall of Fame quarterbacks, they didn't probably throw sixty eight times through eight weeks in the National Football League. Yeah, he did it in one game. So.
No, it's oh. wild. It's wild. So you got, oh. so you basically got, you got a Super Bowl Fifty Four rematch on. Tap. I do, man. I, I, you know, if 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 I had to switch out the Niners, maybe I might put. Um, I, I I can see the Eagles. But don't say that. Would. Don't say that. I Dang it! I, I don't want to. But the only thing with the Eagles, I see a problem for them is that it's been very easy for them right now, and their schedule is pretty 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 easy for them the rest of the way. You know, so yeah. the Cowboys. I get that, and, and that might be a problem. You know, where the Niners, they're they're playing hard every week, man. Every game counts for them. Seattle, every game counts for them, you know. Um, and then you get that first game because you have that bye week, right? How many times have we seen that? Those top teams, they get the bye week, then they 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 come Both into number one seeds lost last year, Green Bay and Tennessee. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. And then you play that divisional playoff game and you're rusty. And, and then everything starts to tighten up because it's not a regular season game anymore. Now every point matters. That first field goal to in the beginning of the game, that means something now. Now you're pressing because you now you don't want to fall back any further. So um, you know, and they're untested. They're untested. This team has not been to the playoffs as a unit like this. I know AJ Brown's playing phenomenal, um, but they do have the offensive firepower. I feel like they can keep up with people. And that's the only reason why I can maybe see them overpowering some of these teams in the NFC. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see about Nick Sirianni. Can he out coach? you know, Kyle Shanahan and guys like that and Pete Carroll at the end of the day. That's going to be a fascinating matchup without a question. Should it come to pass Ryan flowers, shout out to you before we get out of here, uh, you know, give a pl- plug your show in a little bit and tell people what it's about, especially yeah. now that you've moved <clears throat> along alongside me and everybody else at the grid. Yeah, man. So like uh, Bryson said, I'm part of the grid network. Like I like to say, we are the leaders in sports media, entertainment and sports content. You know, we're catch the, catch the wave, get a ride on it. But so, Right now, I'm coming on on Sunday mornings on YouTube. You can catch my show at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 a.m. So that's super early for you West Coast people. And then what I typically like to do, I like to recap all of the, the Sunday's action um, immediately right after Sunday Night Football with my NFL After Dark show. So I'm trying to pick up steam with that. I get it. A lot of people are probably they're asleep by then. Um, but it's, I mean, but you can still rewatch it. So sure. it's all good. You can always go back to the YouTube. You can hit up my 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 YouTube page at Clutch Sports Talk. Or you can head over to the grid. It's always going to be there. We're also putting stuff on audio as well, too, on Google, Google Audio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can listen to audio uh, podcasts. It's all going to be there. And that's what I'm doing, man. I'm just grinding, man. And I also make some picks during the week. I've been pretty good. Right now, I'm about like 18 and 12 right now. I nice. Four, three and one. I should have went four and all if it wasn't for those darn um, – who blew my ticket last week? I forgot. It was somebody that I shouldn't have, shouldn't have went against or – and I ended up doing it again. But anyway, but I was 4-0 the week before. So uh, I'm winning some good cash over here on this end, man. So I'm from Vegas, so betting is a big part of um, my environment here. So, you know, if you want to get some good picks um, and get some good in-depth content about some of these picks that I'm making, I literally run through the whole list of games, um, giving you the insight um, of why you probably should take this pick or maybe you shouldn't take that pick. So uh, it's a good listen, man. And I'm like, listen, you got 45 minutes in the morning. You ain't doing nothing especially before the games are starting. Just come by and watch me. You'll have a good time. Trust me. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I can I can absolutely attest to that without a question. Ryan Flowers, host of Clutch Sports Talk, served this country honorably for five years, mm-hmm. continue to serve to this day. We, everybody who everybody who's, who served still continues to serve this day. Shout out to you. Shout out to everybody else. Ryan Pretty Flowers, good, Clutch Sports Talk. Great to have you on, bro. All right, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Take care. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless. That was Ryan Flowers. Let's see. We we got a comment here right in the nick of time from John Rivera. He says, let's go Jets. Uh, a good, probably one of the better bye weeks the Jets have had in some time uh, since, you know, that, that big win over the Buffalo Bills recently. Uh, you know, this, this is a, this is a big, big bye week for the Jets to make sure they don't let the, 
Don't let the press clippings get to them. But there's, yeah, listen, there, there's a lot of interesting games this week. I'm about to make my predictions. But what's fascinating, and, and Ryan discussed it, is, man, the thing about Philadelphia, that probably the number one thing I don't trust is Nick Sirianni. The roster's great. I've, Jalen Hurts has been playing MVP-level football. But I'm concerned about Nick Sirianni in terms of the adjustments, in terms of, because, because again, he mentioned uh, early on Dallas struggles to stop the run. They do. That's the only real concern I have about them going to Green Bay this weekend. Philadelphia is not a whole lot better stopping the run. We saw Damian Pierce, the really talented rookie running back for the, the Texans, what he did to Philadelphia's defense and what other running backs have done in the past. So you could see teams like possibly Tennessee be a problem with, for them. Dallas, the Giants twice with Saquon Barkley. You know, the, this notion that Philadelphia is going to go 17-0 I think is, is gibberish. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I really do. I mean, I, I, I see two, three losses for this team moving forward. And that still might be enough to get to the number one seed in the NFC. But, and another good point Ryan, Ryan brings up is the whole sort of um, path to the number one seed. It can almost become a liability. Tennessee played in a bad division last year, the AFC South. Colts were talented. Texans were garbage. Jaguars were even worse with Urban Meyer. We all remember that how that went. Tennessee took that, took advantage of that, got the number one seed. Green Bay, bad division last year. Minnesota underachieved. Uh, Chicago was bad. Detroit was awful. Took advantage of that, got the number one seed. But when you've been sitting there, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, these number one seeds, in some cases, they've already clinched that going into the last week of the season. So they're resting, guys. So it's really like a two-week buy. If you really look at it that way, if you're in a position to rest starters late in the season. And so when you have that no sense of urgency, and then you got a, a sort of a, a rough and tumble type of team like a Seattle, like a San Francisco, especially coming into town, man, start to get a little tight, especially when you're Philadelphia. You like Ryan said, with this team, this team hasn't accomplished anything. At this group hasn't. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating situation. Without a question. John John agrees. They're not going undefeated. They're, they're not. Does, do they look like a team that could go undefeated? On tape. I mean, Houston took them to the wire until about five minutes left. Houston. They've won one game this season. Now it's the NFL, and it's it's the old uh, any given Sunday theory. Or in that case, Thursday. Any given Thursday. But Carolina, for a while, remember the Carolina team in 2015? Those teams were rolling everybody. And they had a tough schedule, too. They were rolling everybody. Then they had that late loss to Atlanta, so they finished 15-1. and one. But, you know, that, that and, and John, John also agrees he sees them losing three games. I see Tennessee, sorry, not Tennessee. I see Philadelphia losing to Tennessee, to Dallas, and one of those games against the Giants. By the way, there's a game late against the Saints. Don't sleep on that. I could see that's a possible, yeah, the seconds last week of the season, Philadelphia, do they go to New Orleans? Let me see. Because Philadelphia, if I'm not, I think Philadelphia, no, they played Monday night. I was going to say, I think they already had their bye week. Uh, Philadelphia plays the Saints seconds last week of the season 
in Philadelphia. Okay, that's 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 definitely a big advantage without a question. Not having to play that big loud dome. But speaking of week 10, week 10 is really interesting because we don't really have that many big favorites this week. It's the rare week where you're looking through and you're like, okay, I, this is really kind of a go either way type situation. Even the big favorites, the quote unquote, at least for this week, big favorites, you're still a little, eh, you're a little hesitant about, about what you're getting yourself into. So let's get it on. Let's get into it. My week 10 NFL predictions. And before we get into uh, the predictions, let's get the background music. There we go. Uh, before I get into my predictions, let's look at where uh, where I landed last week. Had another solid week, nine and four, coming off of a twelve and three uh, uh, week predicting games. Feel feel good about myself. Now you know I did pick the Falcons last night, so no chance of going unbeaten this week. I'm sitting there at eighty two fifty three and one on my season prediction. So hoping to continue to build on that. But a fascinating, easily without question, the best Monday. I'm sorry, Sunday morning game of the NFL season. It's the Seattle Seahawks. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who thought before this season that this would be one like, okay, we got to watch. Even for you folks on the West Coast, this game's going to be a 6.30 a.m. kickoff. That's early, man, especially for Sunday. But you got to get up early to watch this. Okay, because this, 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 you got to see this. This must see TV. Seattle comes in at 6-3. Ryan, you know, went on and on about the Seahawks, talking about the running game with Kenneth Walker. Geno Smith is today the runaway. The runaway comeback player of the year uh, with Saquon Barkley, I think, is a distant second. The defense under Pete Carroll, who's a defensive coach, has turned it around big time. They're facing a Tampa Bay offense that is in the bottom 10 in just about every statistical category. They're last in the NFL in running the ball in terms of attempts and yards per carry. So they rarely commit to running the ball, and when they do, they suck at it. Tampa Bay got, excuse me, a big, big win. At home, coming back to beat the Los Angeles Rams in that classic Brady game-winning drive. I'm looking at this, and by the way, Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favor. I forgot to mention that. Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favor in this matchup. Can Tampa Bay build a lead early and force Seattle to play from behind? And the question is, if Seattle is forced to play from behind, will they continue to stick with the run? Now, I think they will. I think Pete Carroll's a veteran coach. He's, he's, he's been there and done this. He'll stick with Kenneth Walker and let Geno Smith does what, do what Geno, Geno Smith's been doing. How about number one in the NFL and QBR? I mean, come on. That's, can't get better than number one, right? With what he's, the, the great rapport he's had with Metcalf and especially Tyler Lockett. Guys like Will Disley, like he brought up earlier, like Ryan brought up earlier. This is a Seattle team that can, that can really get Tampa Bay issues. The matchup seems to favor Seattle. But for whatever reason, I got a good feeling about Tampa right now possibly getting hot. Not like the, the favorites to come out of the NFC and win Super Bowl or something. But these walk-off game-winning drives, Tampa, it wasn't a walk-off. There was nine seconds left, but darn near a walk-off. These big game-winning drives can really get a team going for whatever reason. Tampa Bay covers the spread. Buccaneers win this game. This is one of their defense's better ones. They'll take the ball twice away from Geno Smith. Yeah, you know what? Twice from the Seattle offense. I'm going to pay some, put some, put some spec on on Geno's name. A fumble by Kenneth Walker. A pick thrown by Geno Smith. Tampa Bay takes advantage on short fields. Tom will not be forced or be asked to be great in this game. Give me the Buccaneers to beat the Seahawks 23-20 to in the first ever game in NFL history in Munich, Germany. How about that? Give me the, the, uh, the Buccaneers to beat the Seahawks 23-20. to Now to the Sunday afternoon game. Now to the Sunday afternoon games. 
Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills. Now, for a while, up until about a week ago, we were looking at this like, whoa, this is one of the must-see TV games of the year. Minnesota sitting there at six, uh, at seven and one, six-game winning streak. You got Kirk Cousins playing well. They're playing in a lot of close games, which they did a year ago. But I got to give the Vikings credit; they're at least winning these close games, unlike what they did in 2021. You got uh, uh, Buffalo coming in, who's by the way today, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. This line is going to move a lot, folks, in the next 48 hours. But Buffalo right now is a, a, a three and a half point favorite. Actually, it's gone down to three. They're a three and a half point favorite in this game. It does not look like Josh Allen is going to play. He's dealing with, I think, a UCL injury to his throwing arm, which he's a quarterback. You kind of need your arm in order to be successful. Now, in the case of Josh Allen, he's a great runner of the football, but this offense can't go anywhere if he's not throwing the ball effectively. I do not see Josh Allen playing in this game. So what does that mean? It means Case Keenum, who has ironically helped the Vikings get to an NFC Championship game in that 2017 season. Obviously, everybody remembers the, the Minneapolis miracle. So this game will not be in Minneapolis. It'll be in Buffalo, New York. You got Case Keenum starting for the Buffalo Bills in all likelihood. This game means a lot for Buffalo and for Minnesota. To me, both teams have pressure in two separate ways. For Minnesota, you get the break of breaks. You face the Bills on the road. This looks like a big challenge. And Josh Allen's probably not going to play. That's, you don't get a bigger break than that. So, with all the close games that they've had against these subpar to bad teams, you got to win this game if you're Minnesota. On the other hand, if you're Buffalo, here's where I think the pressure's on the Bills. And I've been, listen, I've loved the Bills all season. Who hasn't loved the Bills all season? The Buffalo's sitting there. And when you look at the other teams in this league that have won with their backup quarterback, it's very fascinating, okay? You look at teams like the Jets. Joe Flacco came in. He he came in there one game. Cooper Rush for the Cowboys. He won game. Bailey Zappi, who should be a starter, but Bailey Zappi for the Patriots. He won games. Heck, P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. Won games in Carolina. You're telling me that you can't win with Case Keenum? It's a very fascinating storyline that I wonder if the media is going to bring up should the Bills lose this game. I do not think they will. Give me the Bills to beat the Minnesota Vikings 27-20. I think Case Keenum plays well. They haven't haven't had the opportunity to game plan against Case Keenum. Let's not discount the fact that this Bills defense is still elite. They take the ball away. They get to the quarterback. Didn't see the whole lot last week against the Jets. But the humiliation factor, I've always talked about this, folks. The humiliation factor, heck, you saw with the Panthers last night, got smoked by Cincinnati. Comes back, beats Atlanta. This happens all the time in the NFL. When you get humiliated, especially by your division rival, your in-state rival, the New York Jets, that stings. But even with no Josh Allen, Trust me, they've been thinking about this game all week. They're going to take their frustration out of the Vikings. Give me the Bills once again to win this game 27-20 to over the Minnesota Vikings. Our next game, I almost made this my um, if I were a Batman game. I, I came that close to doing it. Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears. Chicago in this game, a two-and-a-half point favorite. Here's why I almost made this my if I were a Batman game. First of all, uh, the Chicago Bears have been running down people's throats for the last four outings. I'm sorry, three outings. New England, 
Dallas, and then Miami. 250-plus yards in each. Detroit's a bad run defense. Mind you also, under Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions still have yet to win a road, a road game. That's a problem. Okay, that's 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 sort of an issue. Justin Fields is, is playing awesome football right now. Ran for a buck 78, including that big 60, I think it was a 69-yard run against that Miami Dolphins defense, which, by the way, has a really good secondary. He torched them with his arm and with his legs. A Lions defense, which maybe has filmed themselves a little bit after beating Green Bay. It's sort of like the reverse of the embarrassment theory, which I talked about with uh, with the Buffalo Bills. This has an opportunity to get ugly quickly. I have a feeling Chicago's going to win this game and win it comfortably. Give me the Bears to win this one 31-17 over the Detroit Lions. Justin Fields is playing the best football thus far in his very, very young NFL career. The addition of Claypool with the likes of, of, of Mooney and Komet seems to really be making a difference early. Give me the Bears to win this one 31-17 over their arch-rival Detroit Lions uh, and, and continue to, to try and see what they got in their young quarterback, which I think is, is a really talented player. And hopefully they don't screw it up. Moving on to this next one. I, I kind of went back and forth on this one. you got the Denver Broncos and you've got the Tennessee Titans. Now I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this one. I'm saying, okay, Denver's coming off a bye. And you guys know I really love teams come off buys. I, I, you know, if I were a bet man, as, as the saying goes, I bet on teams coming off buys. Problem is Denver has a clueless head coach who doesn't know what he's doing. Problem is Denver has a quarterback who the big news that he's in right now is getting into a back and forth with his old coach, which in Russell's defense, he didn't start, but it's going back and forth. Broncos got a big win in London a couple weeks ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars, aided in most part by their defense, and to the credit of Russell Wilson, he played well in the fourth quarter to help them win that game. But they're going on the road to Tennessee. It appears Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback for the Titans, as opposed to Link Willis. Tennessee in this game is favored minus two and a half. Tennessee on the road in Kansas City forced Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball 68 times. Tennessee against the Kansas City Chiefs ran the ball right down their throats. Tennessee against the Kansas City Chiefs took... Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid off a bye in Arrowhead Stadium in a nationally televised game to overtime despite their quarterback completing five passes. I think Ryan Tannehill, knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt, is going to complete more than five passes. Okay? I think that's going to be the case. It's good Broncos defense. I see them possibly turning the ball over once, maybe twice. But against a Titans defense that's playing really good football right now and has been ever since they got destroyed against... The Buffalo Bills, since that point, they've been playing phenomenally since, especially getting to the quarterback. With Garrett Bowles out, offensive line beat up, the way that Russell's playing, not seeing the field properly. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to win this game 24-17 to over the Denver Broncos uh, and go to 6-3, and maintaining their stranglehold on the AFC South. Uh, I just don't see this as a game that Denver can win. I don't. And also, there's the factor that I've been right on the last two weeks about West Coast teams playing these East Coast early kickoff games. It makes a difference. It makes a difference because for them, it's in the case of the Broncos, it's what, a 10 o'clock kickoff, an 11 o'clock kickoff? As opposed to the Titans, it's noon. So that makes a difference as well. Give me the Titans to beat the Broncos 24-17 to 17 in this game. Coming up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, I know who I'm leaning with when in terms of who I'm picking. I just don't know what to do about this line. It's the biggest line of the weekend. Kansas City minus nine and a half. Okay, what do I do with this? Chiefs are at home. 
Big primetime win over a team I just mentioned, the Tennessee Titans. Jackson, on the other hand, with a big, big comeback win, down 17 to nothing. They come back, and they beat the Las Vegas Raiders at home, aided by Trevor Lawrence, by their defense, by their running game. So they head to Arrowhead Stadium. Anticipate the Chiefs to run the ball more effectively than they did against the Titans, in part because they can't do a whole lot worse than they did. But Jacksonville, like I said this season, they play a lot of close games. Nine and a half feels like a bit much. Expect Jacksonville to get off to a little bit of a hot start in this game. But Trevor Lawrence, as he's been prone to do this season, commits some really bad turnovers. Look, Doug Peterson, folks, is a very good head coach. He's won a Super Bowl. Arrowhead Stadium don't scare him. Heck, in part because he was on Andy Reid's coaching staff. He knows what that noise is and what it represents. Expect this to be closer than you expect. But I'll take the Chiefs with those weapons, with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and company, Miko Harbin, all those guys, all those weapons. Give me the Chiefs to win this game 30-23. to However, I do not have them covering the 9.5-point spread. I think it's a very, very fascinating game to look at as we move forward. Give me the Chiefs to beat the Jaguars 30-23. to in this game. Moving on to the Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins in this game are favored minus three and a half at home. Here's what I'm looking at. Cleveland runs the ball really well. Miami doesn't do a particularly great job of stopping the run as we saw last week against the Chicago Bears. Cleveland's coming off a bye. Kevin Stefanski is a very good head coach. And you look at a situation where, hey, Miami might be smelling themselves a little bit. Here's the thing I worry about though. Cleveland's secondary has struggled at times. Their best secondary has been their pass rush, which, hey, listen, for the, for the best teams in the league, we've seen the San Francisco 49ers, you know, kind of uh, uh, ride the success off of this for the last few years. Getting pressure on the quarterback, helping your secondary. It's complimentary football, as, 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 as coaches like to put it. I expect Cleveland to get out to, say, a 7, 8, 9-point lead. Tua play from behind. With the adjustments of Mike McDaniel, it would surprise me this year as a coach. I say he will. I say he gets it back on track. Tyreek Hill's on pace to have one of the better seasons in recent memory from wide receivers. I think it's going to be too much to overcome for this Cleveland team. Again, I don't trust the offense. If you take away the running game, which I'm not sure Miami is going to be able to do, I don't trust Jacoby Brissett with the likes of Amari Cooper, who's bad on the road, with all those those weapons that they may or may not have on the outside, like Njoku, who's, who comes and goes. I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover the spread and win this game 28-20. I could have made this my Bryce's bleak bet pick. I decided not to. Give me the Dolphins over the Browns by the final score of 28-20 to 20, uh, in this game. I, again, I, I can't. I thought about picking the Browns strongly, but I couldn't. I, I just couldn't commit to Cleveland. Committing to Cleveland's never a never a good bet. Moving on to the Houston Texans and the New York Giants. Giants in this game off a of bye, favored minus four and a half. Giants coming off a loss at the Seattle Seahawks a couple weeks back. Texans coming off of a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, and they sit there with the worst record in football. So that favors the Giants, right? They've run the ball effectively with Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones hasn't been put in a whole lot of situations outside of the Seattle game and outside of the Dallas game back in week three to make big mistakes. So that's something you look at. You look at the fact that, you know, Houston has is, is really struggled in the passing game. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks, he's disgruntled. He wants out. He wanted to be traded. He was not. The, the contract, the cap issue was an issue for some teams. There's a lot of turmoil going on in Houston. Lovey Smith will probably be outed by the end of the season. 
Will they move on from Davis Mills? Really, the one bright spot is that Houston's had a solid defense this year. They, they've held their own. They're, they've held in, they're in the bargain on most Sunday afternoons. And Damian Pierce is in that running for Office Rookie of the Year with my man Chris Olave, who I picked before the season, with Kenneth Walker. There's a lot of guys you could put in that discussion. Damian Pierce belongs in it. Again, I, I don't see this as like a runaway type game, but Brian Dable, who I think is 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 elevating into at least not an elite coach to me to, to be an elite coach, you got to at least get to at least get to a conference championship game. I cannot put uh, Brian Dable. He's only in year one. Get take time, see, see, see what happens. But I'm gonna take the Giants to win this game and cover the spread, 25 to 17 over the Houston Texans. 25 17. Give me the New York Giants to to get to, get to seven and two. Which gosh, we never saw that before the season without a shadow uh, of a doubt. It's it's time now for my Bryson's bleak bet game. It's the one game every week that I have absolutely no confidence in predicting. But hey, we all have those matchups where we're like, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to do with this. I'm looking at this matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Saints are favored minus one and a half in Pittsburgh. Now, bad showing on Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Baltimore is obviously significantly better than the Saints, but nevertheless, I thought they would put up a better fight than they did. But you have Pittsburgh coming off a bye. They're sitting there at two and six. They appear to kind of be dead in the water. Kenny Pickett hasn't shown us a whole lot through the first you know, few games of his career. Although, in his defense... The offensive line is one of the worst in football, and he's gotten absolutely nothing from his run game, which is a rookie quarterback you really need. But I'm telling you, it's that coming off a bye theory with, with, with head coaches, with elite head coaches, which Mike Tomlin is, despite what some of you doubters out there say. He's coming off a bye. Nobody's paying attention to Pittsburgh. Everybody's kind of dancing on their grade to a certain degree, right? People are kind of excited that the Steelers are going into a little bit of a rebuilding process, which they are. They're not going to make the playoffs this season. But one and a half, that's it. One and a half. I'm looking at that. I'm like, okay, that's that's all That's all the, 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 the Steelers, in theory, have to overcome. I think Kenny Pickett plays well. I think TJ Watt comes back for the Steelers' defense against the Saints' offensive line, which has been eh, not as great as we thought it would be. Andy Dalton, who's a little bit of a, a gunslinger to a certain degree, he will give that Steelers defense an opportunity to make plays. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this one 26-16 to 16 over a team that I really like coming into this season, the New, York, New Orleans Saints. I'm, I'm out on the Saints. Bryson's bleak bet. Not confident at all in this. But hey, got to predict anyway. Give me the Steelers over the Saints 26-16 to 16 in this matchup uh, over, over New Orleans. Again, it's just I, I I don't I don't really know what to do with this, so I made it my uh, my Bryce's bleak bet pick. Give me now. It is time for the upset of the week. <sighs> I don't know if I'll be able to put my eyes on this game, but nevertheless, it's the one game where I'm looking at it that's the biggest spread that I do not think will be covered. Not only that, I think they'll end up getting beat. Give me the Jeff Saturday led Indianapolis Colts to beat the Las Vegas Raiders by a final score of sixteen to thirteen. Trust me, this score will not be indicative of how awful a football game that this is going to be. Jeff Saturday has never coached in college or the NFL. He's the only coach in NFL history to not have previous college or pro coaching experience since 1961. You could darn near feel like you could say the same about Josh McDaniels. He's been that bad for the Las Vegas Raiders. Let me put myself on camera once I had that graphic on for too long. Here we go. There we go. Here's why I'm picking the Colts. 
teams with interim head coaches tend to show out their first game. Now, it usually doesn't work in the long run. The, the Raiders from a year ago are kind of an outlier where the interim coach takes over, they get things right, and they end up making the playoffs or something. That That's very rare. It happens sometimes in the NBA. It actually happened with, don't remind me, the 2016 Cavaliers with Ty Lue after David Blatt was fired. It's a lot more common in the NBA than it is in the NFL. The Raiders are decimated. First of all, they're playing bad football in the second half of the games. That's coaching. There seems to be a very weird dynamic between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams because you had the quote from Devontae Adams saying that there's a lot of situations where I'm not getting the ball enough and it's not the coach's fault. Well, that seems like a shot at Derek Carr. Derek Carr, on the other hand, says there's a lot of things I want to say right now that I can't. So these two are clearly not on the best of terms right now, which we, who'd have predicted that coming into the season given that these these guys were, I don't know if they were college roommates, but they were very tight in their college days at Fresno State. The connection on the field has been good, not great. But it seems like the, the in-the-locker-room dynamic seems to be off between those two. The problem is, Devontae's out, and Hunter Renfro's on IR, and Darren Waller's on IR, and Josh Jacobs is hurt. So the four best skill position players for the Las Vegas Raiders are all gone. This is a Colts defense that played very well against Kansas City way back prehistoric times in week three. A long time ago. Expect them to get a couple of turnovers. Derek Carr is going to press the ball a little bit. Not be comfortable within himself. This Raiders offensive line has not been good. And this Raiders defense, folks, is flat out awful. Even against a Colts you know, offense that is abysmal. With, with now Sam Ellinger taking over, Jonathan Taylor dealing with injuries. Expect this to be one of the worst games of the NFL season. Not not worse than Washington-Chicago back on that Thursday night, or, or, or worse even than that Colts-Broncos game, which went to overtime, which none of us deserved. But it's going to be bad. Upset of the week. I'm not sure I'll watch more than a play. <laughs> I'll be totally honest with you. Of this game, give me the Colts. Beat the Raiders. 16 to 13. Moving on to an elimination game, because that's what this next, next this next matchup is. Featuring two teams in the same division who both made the playoffs a year ago. The Arizona Cardinals and the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Rams in this game are favored by exactly a field goal, so it's basically a pick'em. Matt Stafford is the big question in this game because he's in concussion protocol. Now, According to Sean McVay, according to the media in Los Angeles, he practiced in a limited capacity today. So that's really the question, is Matthew Stafford's health? As for the Arizona Cardinals, folks, they've been in a lot of close games this year, but unlike the Minnesota Vikings, they have flat-out sucked in those games. That is on the, on the likes of Cliff Kingsbury, who could be gone after the season, and it's on the $46 million man, Kyler Murray. It's on both of them. Despite what Kyler will try to do, Blame deflect, put it on his teammates like one of the best receivers in football, DeAndre Hopkins, who even he, the most chill guy in the world, even he's gotten kind of sick and tired of Kyler at this point. There's a really bad locker room dynamic with the head coach, with the quarterback. There seems to be a disconnect there. As for the Rams, it's not a whole lot better. Now, there's not an issue with Sean McVay. Sean McVay is a great coach. Okay, this is a this is not a very good Rams team compared to what it was a year ago, winning the Super Bowl, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. This is one, not one of the better jobs Sean McVay has done, but I do not think by any stretch that this team has, has you know, 
has lost belief in him. The question is, is Matthew Stafford going to be out there? And if he is, which that is my prediction, I think he will be out there. What can he give you? We know Cooper Cup represents. He's a great player. He's one of the best receivers, two or three best receivers in the sport. He's still capable of making at least one big play a game, which he did last week against Tampa. The defense did their part. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald did their part. Couldn't finish the job against the greatest quarterback of all time. They face a Cardinals offense that's struggling, that cannot run the football, and that is bad in close games. Well, I think this game's going to be close. I do not think the Rams cover. But for for at least um, the time being, they keep their season alive by winning 23-21 to 21 over the Arizona Cardinals to, uh, again, to keep their playoff hopes alive in what is a very, very wacky NFC. So if the Rams win, they'll get to, would it be 4-5? and five? Yeah, they'd be 4-5. and five. They'd still be in the mix without a question uh, to possibly sneak into the playoffs, and then we'll see what the, what the champions do. They, they, they say, uh, never underestimate the heart of a champion. I'm not going to count the Rams out just yet unless they lose, but this is an elimination game. Give me the Rams 23-21 to 21 over the Cardinals. It is now time for the best segment in all sports, my favorite segment every week. What are I betting, man? If I were a betting man, oh, this is going to be a good one. I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys heading to Lambeau Field to take on those Green Bay Packers. Now, this is a line that's went up and down as our... Special guest Ryan Flowers pointed out early in the show, the line was hanging around four and a half, five-ish. It's gone down to four. It's gone back up to, to four and a half. But I'm looking at this. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, and if I'm two men in particular, Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons, the two best players on this football team, I'm looking at this, I'm saying, hang on a second. Green Bay's lost five straight games. They are completely incapable of generating any offense whatsoever. Defensively, Rashawn Gary, done for the year, ACL tear. Stokes, their number two corner, gone. Skill position players, Romeo Dobbs is out. We're not sure if Aaron Jones is going to be able to go. David Bakhtiari is questionable. This team is physically and I think psychologically falling apart. You guys know I don't trust the coach. That being Matt LaFleur, the quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who I've been highly critical of this season in terms of his lack of leadership or lack thereof more specifically. It's been bad in Green Bay. Packers know this is a must-win game. I understand that. Here's the issue. Dallas can't stop the run. Packers can run. Packers just don't run as much as they should. That's the problem. They run the ball when they're trailing by double digits. Then they run. Then they go with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Thunder and Lightning. Dallas coming in off of a bye. And folks, that football team is going to be playing for one man, Mike McCarthy. His return to Lambeau Field after being unceremoniously hired minutes after a Packers home loss to the Cardinals back in December of 2018. Aaron Rodgers said himself, and I quote, he is archaic. In his scheming, in his game plan. He's heard it. He's heard the critics all across the media and certainly the fan base over the last couple of years. 2020, really bad. 2021, certainly towards the end in terms of the penalties, really, really bad. But this year, and I'll give credit where credit's due, Mike McCarthy has done a 
very good job. Not a great job, but a very good job. Winning four straight games with Cooper Rush at quarterback. When your running game at times came and it went, relying on the defense, you know, at, at times sort of, you know, rolling with Kellen Moore, which is, could go either way sometimes. A lot of folks think this is going to be close. I think it's going to be a little bit reminiscent of when Dak and Zeke first played at Lambeau Field back in 2016. The Cowboys won that game 30-16. to Give me the exact same score, but add a touchdown for the Cowboys. Cowboys, Molly Wong. The Green Bay Packers, 37-16 to in America's Game of the Week on Fox. It's going to be, as I mentioned earlier, one of the highest-rated games of the year for multiple reasons. I'm telling you, Mike McCarthy could not have gotten the Packers at a better time. He could not have gotten his revenge game at a better point. If I were a bet man, jump all over Cowboys minus four and a half on the road in Green Bay. Big win for the Cowboys. This is one I said that they would get before the season started, and I believe that to still be the case. And also, by the way, it's it's kind of big because Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't made his decision. According to a report from Clarence Hill, Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to make his decision for at least another couple of weeks. He wants to see how the playoff landscape changes. Well, if you want to keep your name in the mix, Dallas, you got to win games like this against clearly inferior opponents. Packers will lose their sixth straight. Cowboys will win their third straight uh, and continue to at least stay afloat in the NFC East. To our last game. It is a California matchup. It actually happens to be a rematch of Super Bowl 29. It's the now Los Angeles Chargers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Niners won that game big back in 1995, or Feb- I'm sorry, January of 1995. And of course, there's the iconic uh, sideline video of Steve Young getting the proverbial monkey off of his back by finally winning a Super Bowl. But the Niners, these Niners, are favored minus seven. They're big favorites over the Los Angeles Chargers. Kind of like San Francisco here. Because Jason Barrett, God bless him, dude cannot stay healthy. And the Niners of all teams know this. And now the Chargers have to find this out. Jason Barrett suffered a season-ending injury. I feel terrible for him. He's gone for the year. Keenan Allen's out. Mike Williams is out. For what it's worth, their kicker. We know how important that is. Dustin Hopkins. He's gone. So when you have a 49ers team coming off a bye, Kyle Shanahan, one of the most clever run designers in the National Football League, and over this bye, San Francisco's gotten healthy. It appears that Debo Samuel's going to be ready to go. We saw what Christian McCaffrey did a couple weeks back against the LA Rams. Jimmy is playing pretty clean football for the most part. I don't think the Chargers, with all the injuries on defense and all the injuries offensively, are going to put him in position to make those mistakes Niners build a lead early. They don't look back. And we start to... We, sorry. The rest of the, of the media, I think, gets on the train that I'm on of the... I don't think Brandon Staley is that guy for this Chargers roster with this quarterback, that being, of course, the incredibly talented Justin Herbert. Give me the 49ers to cover that seven-point spread. 34-20, to 20, coming off of a bye over the Los Angeles Chargers. Listen, Chargers win this game and the Chiefs lose. Hey, they could be... It could be, you know, tied for first place in that division. I do not believe that to be the case. Niners win 34 to 20 over the LA Chargers in a Super Bowl 29 rematch. And that is that. That's my predictions. That's what I got. So yeah. So if I were a bet man, I'm telling you, I, I don't I've never been more confident in that segment all season than, than I am right now. Cowboys minus four and a half, and take that and run with it to your nearest bank. Okay, because you're gonna win some money. You're telling me I'm gonna bet. 
on a quarterback who's having the worst season of his career, who his already bad receiving unit is now beat up. Now his offensive line's beat up. His defense is falling apart physically. Mike McCarthy returning. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good day to be a Dallas Cowboy. And it's going to be a phenomenal day to be Mike McCarthy. Listen, last thing before we get out of here, what I want to see, I want to see a throwback. You know those old NFL films tapes of when teams win the Super Bowl? We saw this with coaches like Lombardi, Madden, Landry, all these great coaches. Uh, Bill Walsh, if you go more recent than that, of the team carrying the coach off the field. Like now the custom is to dump Gatorade on him. But back in the day, they used to, to lift the coach and carry him out to the field when the game was over, when you won the Super Bowl. I have one request for the Cowboys when they win this game 37-16. to 16. I want that sideline. I want Micah Parsons. I want Demarcus Lawrence. I want the big guys. You know, Zeke, Zach Martin. I want them to carry Mike McCarthy off the field. Because this is his game. This this game, there is no there's no two people that want this win more than Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. For obvious reasons. Give me the Cowboys to win this game. Give me Mike McCarthy to get revenge. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. You can also uh, like, subscribe, and share, and comment, and do all the things to the Carving It Up YouTube channel. Uh, most importantly, please do hit that big red subscribe button. It takes two seconds to do. It takes two seconds. And also, big thanks to Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Please go subscribe to his podcast, to his show on YouTube, Clutch Sports Talk. A lot of great content every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. you got to check it out. It's great. It's phenomenal content. As, as Ryan has said himself, it's a good time. It's fun. So go over there and check that out. So, uh, yeah, subscribe to Carving It Up. Subscribe to Clutch Sports Talk. If you want to catch both, great. Go to the Grid Network. Subscribe to the Grid. That is G-R-Y-D. Subscribe to the Grid Network on YouTube. Also like, share, comment over there. Podcast creators, including myself and Ryan, but obviously you got Barry Grant Jr. with the All Even Podcast. You've got the Rocket Fuel Podcast with Alfred Parsar Jr. You've got the Chaotic Sports Podcast with Patrick Brown. you got all these great creators, all these great shows. Please go check those out. Please go subscribe to The Grid. And if you want to listen to the Carving It Up Podcast or if you want to listen to Clutch Sports Talk Podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio via The Grid Network. Same thing as YouTube, The Grid, G-R-Y-D, The Grid Network, on all podcasting platforms. We've got a great weekend of sports, some big college football games. I am a Texas fan. I hope they pull the upset against TCU, making the path that much clearer for my Vols to get into the college football playoff, and hopefully we take care of business tomorrow against the Missouri Tigers on Senior Day. So looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great atmosphere all around college football tomorrow and all around the NFL on Sunday. Literally, literally from daylight till dark, we've got great matchups in the NFL. NFL always provides it. They just can't seem to provide a good Thursday night game for whatever reason, but it is what it is. Have a great weekend, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. Just got my flu shot today, all right? So stay safe. Do whatever you can to protect yourselves from, from everything that's going around right now. It's, you know, it's it's sixth season, if you will. I, I mean, listen, it's going around like crazy. So keep yourself safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. Be a good day to be Mike McCarthy, man. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button. 
and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.